Welcome to Boundless Love Podcast. Here it's all about next level approach to love, relationships, and sex. I'm your host, Sofia Sundari. Welcome, beautiful listeners, to this episode number nine of Boundless Love Podcast. I am so excited because I have a really, really special guest with me this time, my beloved Oliver, sitting right by my side. Yes, so good to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Ah, it's such a joy. I'm so excited about this conversation because what we want to do is to give you sort of a sneak peek into our relationship and we will speak about different things about what does a conscious relationship mean to us how did we find ourselves in such a relationship what challenges we've had on the way and I also want to specifically hear Oliver your perspective about what did it take from you to make a choice to commit to such a relationship and how does it also feel to be in a relationship with a powerful woman like some mm-hmm. someone like me who has a clear vision a clear path and who is so sovereign and independent it may feel quite intimidating for some people and i wonder yeah i want to hear everything you want to share with our beautiful listeners and me about that <laughs> amazing i'm very excited uh, let's have a beautiful and spicy conversation And before we dive in, I want to take a moment and let you know that I am currently launching my new online program called Come My Love. It's a course for women who are ready to create a sacred union in their lives and become a magnet for true love. It's both for single women and for women who are currently in a relationship that they want to bring to the level of sacred union. So it's for you if you desire feeling deeply nurtured through soul-aligned practices, experience deep cleansing of old relationship patterns to never attract those again, if you want to embody your sacred feminine essence and move from that place, if you want to learn next-level communication that will make you feel heard, and if you want to become an effortless magnet for true love. So it's a month-long program and all calls will be live and you will have access to recordings of the calls. It's a really special opportunity to spend a whole month with me and a powerful community of women. To register, please go to www.comemylove.com. Okay, so what does it even mean to be in a conscious relationship? Like, as opposed to having just a normal relationship where people just find each other somewhere, they somehow end up together, maybe they just kind of got drunk and got together or just somehow were pulled towards each other and then they find themselves in a relationship which doesn't really work or maybe there are lots of things that are unsaid and lots of things that are kind of undercover or just unspoken or lots of conflict and people don't even know if this relationship is healthy or not. They don't really have Mm -hmm. many models in life. We don't really grow up with models of healthy conscious relationships. So... What happened? Like maybe that's where we can start, just uh, sharing what happened in each of our lives when we even came across such a concept that there can be a conscious choice in a relationship. 
So when I first came across conscious development, personal development, development of the human potential, I was in a community, in an environment where people were really questioning all the constructs about relationships. And then what happens when people start to question this, then oftentimes they end up exploring alternative types of relationships. For example, polyamory. Or, for example, something that can be called an open relationship or a free relationship where there is like those ideals of just really being so honest to yourself and not trying to fit into societally acceptable standards of relating. And then so what I uh, came across was a community that was completely against actually monogamous relationships and what seemed to be a conscious relationship was a relationship which was polyamorous or which means that like the implication was that if you are in this kind of monogamous container then it may be that you are restricting yourself you're restricting your partner and uh, instead of just being totally free and open in uh, connecting intimately with other people uh, you are kind of closing off and being closed instead of being open. So mm-hmm. that was really challenging concept for me because <laughs> I really uh, was yearning always for a deep meeting with someone. And back then it didn't make any sense. I was, I got into a relationship with someone who really wanted to be open and explore. And I really wanted to get very, very committed and very, very deep together. So that first year of my conscious uh, relation, my first of a conscious relationship was a hell, <laughs> a total disaster because we wanted completely different things. So that was my introduction to conscious relationships, but mm. still I stayed really true to what I wanted, although I had different phases in my life of exploring different things and I'm grateful for that. But I have now found the way that truly speaks to my dharma, to my to the path of my uh, soul. And uh, that's what we are living together. Right. Yeah, thanks for the question. It's indeed a beautiful topic, I feel, to explore. Maybe it's important to mention that we are in a committed monogamous relationship together. And my experience has been similar when I got into this whole field of sort of development of consciousness and especially the whole sort of tantric world and world of sacred sexuality. I also had the impression that it was yeah, almost required of me to go into some kind of an open relationship to expand spiritually and to uh, find God uh, ultimately. And I tried <laughs> and it was horrible, actually. <laughs> it really didn't serve us. And contrary to what you've been sharing, in that time I did not actually respect myself and I did not respect the things that I truly wanted. So it was a very painful period of my life. And it actually taught me to love myself. And we're going to speak more about this later, I believe, because I feel this is so important to being in relationship with you and to being in a conscious relationship that we build on a solid fundament of self-love, but more about that later. And it has also showed me that I don't actually want this. I don't want to constantly be in an open relationship where we are always processing stuff and there seems to always be some activation happening and there's always a drama and 
sort of it's always being a roller coaster. But instead, I choose depth with you. And I choose to be with you and to work through the things that come up in being in a committed relationship. Instead of running away and looking for another partner when it's not going well, uh, we are together and we face all the things that come up. And uh, I feel that this is where the real depth is actually awaiting. Uh, so I'm very happy for, for this model that we have chosen. Mm, so beautiful. Thank you. And um, also, uh, I want to share how we actually came to be together and uh, how we made this choice of being exclusive and being like growing into what we are in right now. So when we first met, it was really not clear where we were going to go, if this connection had any future or was it just a little fling or was it just a, a relationship that was meant to transition into friendship. And then after some months of just like you being on your path, me being on my path, and at the time I was really going deep into really solidifying my inner union, actually this just deep merging of my inner masculine and feminine. And I really wanted to be met by a man only on that level where I knew that I could meet myself. So once I found that inside of me, I was just not able to compromise and I was not able to accept any kind of halfway from a man. And then... Uh, yeah, life brought us together beautifully and we were in Egypt together. Oliver was, you were assisting me at, at my training there. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we uh, came very, very close there. But uh, once we separated again, it was kind of, yeah, in the unknown. We didn't make any agreements. We just knew we will stay in contact, but we didn't know what was going to come. And then... <laughs> and then we made a bold choice and I moved in with you straight away during the COVID <laughs> pandemic because it was the only way for us to see each other, to go all in or nothing. <laughs> mm -hmm. So moving straight into your house was amazing, actually. And I feel that this is so important. Also, I've learned so much from this and I feel that actually life can only reveal her deepest gifts and really shower us with that when we dare to commit to something. And this seemed like a big daring commitment uh, in the beginning because we hadn't been seeing each other for so long and we didn't know each other so well at that point. Uh, but the rewards have just been incredible. And there was this moment when we had this conversation, like we really to have this conversation where I expressed very directly that if we were not going to go into depth together, I was not available for for anything. And it shook us. Yeah, there was a moment when we had to find uh, find each other or, or lose each other completely. And yeah, maybe you could share a bit like what happened for you in that mm. process. Mm -hmm. So that relates exactly to this relationship model and where we were both at at that point, because I was still entertaining an old connection at that point, 
at least to some degree. So I was not 100% committed to you yet at that point in time. And actually you voicing this so clearly gave me an opportunity to really look deeply inside and to really sit with what is my highest truth and what is it really that I'm yearning for. And so it was an amazing opportunity for me to go deep into myself and to find what is my purpose and to sharpen my sword and to step it up, actually, and to commit to the things that I truly and deeply desire. Mm, so beautiful. Yeah, when this commitment came from you, I remember just this just bright light shining, like because I really didn't know if you were going to show up for it or not. And I was really like yeah, being so honest to my own heart, knowing that I cannot accept anything less than this totality. And then feeling you showing up and stepping up for that, it just, wow, it like melted my heart completely. I was so awed by this courage, this choice, this totality that you demonstrated with that. So it's beautiful how you're saying that it was like, it was not only commitment to me, but it was first of all commitment to you. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Brings back a beautiful memory, actually, this moment and then afterwards moving in. Mm. Yeah, lots of beauty have has unfolded since then. Mm. So shall we talk about like what does it actually take to even be able to make such a choice when there is like so much available and so many ways to relate now and like we are free and we don't have to do like what our ancestors did, uh, like, I don't know, blind, how do we call it? Blind, uh, <laughs> blind mating? Uh, or what? <laughs> <laughs> no, the, <laughs> like the prearranged marriage mm. or... We don't have to like get married to someone and commit to someone because this is what our family expects from us. Like we have so much choice, so there's so many ways to go now in life. So what does it actually take to choose this depth and depth of monogamous relationship? What does it require from us? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would love to speak about that. And for me, it's important in that context to actually say what it means for me to be in a conscious relationship. Like, what does it mean to be conscious? And if you ask 100 people, you'll probably get 200 different explanations of this. But my experience and my understanding is that being conscious means to be conscious of my essential nature, which is not this person, but essentially Shiva or God or consciousness itself or life or whichever term you want to be using. So therefore, by experiencing this and by being, by knowing this, we come together in relationship to deepen into this understanding rather than filling up some kind of holes inside of each other or something like this, or rather than filling up some perceived lack. But our relationship becomes a constant reminder of who we truly are and what is our essential nature and our essential being. And to enter into this sort of relationship, this understanding was needed for me. I needed to see and recognize this first before I could truly commit to being in such a relationship. And I needed to know that my essential being is already free. My essential being is already complete and whole and comprised of love. So 
you mentioned freedom in the beginning of the episode and that people say, hey, like if you're not in an open relationship, you are unfree or things like this. But it's not true. <laughs> My essential being is freedom. Hmm. My essential being is freedom. And so we come together in freedom and no matter if we commit to each other, the freedom is untouched. The freedom can never be harmed in any way. Mm, beautiful. I love it. It's exactly that. I feel that people tend to think that freedom is somehow outside of them. But this is such a such a misconception because freedom is not something that you can achieve. Freedom is only something that you can discover because our true freedom is our true nature. It's within us. And uh, freedom cannot be taken away in any case. It cannot be taken away in a relationship. It cannot be taken away in any environment. We know of people, of uh, spiritual leaders who stayed true to their essential nature and they kept being spiritual leaders even when they were in prison, like Martin Luther King. So, of course, a relationship cannot take away the freedom. Freedom starts inside and it ends inside as well. And then life just becomes an expression of that freedom. Mm -hmm. And so what happens when you are in a relationship with a woman like me, with a powerful woman? Because I also experienced that in um, my earlier relationship. What happened was that we came together and I was in this kind of typical feminine place, you know, what is kind of associated with a normal femininity in the world where I was a little bit lost. I was quite emotional. I kind of needed guidance. I needed support. I needed direction. And so my ex-partner really stepped into that role and he really was like there, like showing me the way and introducing me to my teachers and things like that. And then at some point, very quickly, actually, I started to really step into my power. And by the power, I mean, I started to really tap into my dharma, my supreme destiny, the real purpose of incarnation of my soul. And that really shook our dynamics. Like we could not hold that shift like our relationship was based on that other way of relating. And so I hear also often from men, they say, I want to be in a relationship with a powerful woman. But then sometimes I look at him and I question whether he really can have some this capacity to accept this powerful woman, this empowered woman who is clear on her direction, who is clear on her mission. She doesn't need the specific like support and guidance. So how can you be in a relationship with such a woman and yet stay still empowered in your own masculinity? Mm. So I feel it ties into a little bit similar point of uh, what we've been sharing already about coming into this sort of a relationship in the first place. And here I feel it's touching on how do I define myself and how do I define my own power because if I define my power based on somehow comparing with you or based on somehow giving you directions and feeling that you need me and that otherwise you are helpless and a helpless being or things like this, then of course, if I come into a relationship with a powerful woman, my identity here is going to suffer tremendously because it doesn't fit It doesn't fit together if I'm defining myself in this way. So to actually be with you, I need to first find that 
my power does not depend on yours. Same like the freedom that we spoke about, this freedom piece. And the fact that you are a powerful woman does not make me any less of a man or that doesn't make me any less of a, a provider or a partner or a powerful being in my own way. And I don't compete with you on power. That would be actually my unhealthy masculine expression if I would be competing with you and sort of thinking, okay, now who's more powerful and like you have this thriving business and so what about mine and all of these things. But I just need to leave that aside and uh, not come into this trap of competing or comparing. We are both powerful beings. Every being is actually uh, <laughs> ultimately powerful being. It's only this fact of revealing what is already inside and letting that shine out. And this power, same like the freedom, is unlimited. It knows no bounds. So when I rest in that, I cannot be intimidated by your power. And on the contrary, actually, when I rest in that, I find your power really attractive, <laughs> I must say. Like, I find it, I find it sexy to see you in your power and to see you thriving. And I love to see you open and just being conducive for the divine actually to express itself through you and to feel you really becoming this conduit. It's beautiful. And I just love to see you in that. Uh, I love to see you thriving. So it's, touching my heart, actually. It doesn't cause any jealousy in my heart that goes like, oh, why is she so powerful and I have this or that <laughs> and to compare, but I celebrate. Mm -hmm. mm, beautiful. Yeah, because there, there could be so many reasons to do that. How many followers I have, how much money I'm making, how much this and that and success am I having and all this. So it takes a lot of masculine masculine awareness to be actually able to hold this uh, healthy, this ultimate masculine that you're describing. It's like being rested in this, in your own godliness, in your own power and knowing that it's not power that's depending on any circumstances or on what you have and yeah, any expression here, but it's really this fundamental knowing of, of that, of, of your true essence. Mm. That's what allows it. And then I see so many couples who are competing with each other. It's like one partner gets uh, something really cool with their work or something or with a business. It's like a win. And then the other partner may feel and completely like they may not even connect the dots. But then like all of a sudden, like the other partner is just really negative and really doesn't support the person and find the reason to be angry or upset or something. And then it's like happens again and again, like one person wins and then the other one does not uphold and celebrate but on the country they feel low and down and maybe not even related to what happened there but it's like an inner sabotage like not welcoming the greatness of the partner and this is just this unhealthy masculine when both people are in their masculine energy then there comes in this competitiveness it's like wow if you win it means I lose but actually from when we rest in depth and we know that, no, if you win, it means that you win. <laughs> and actually, if we choose to play together, when you win, it means I win as well. <laughs> Because the sacred union also becomes uh, its own entity. Like I find that in our relationship, there was built 
an intelligence that is greater than each of us and both of us together. It's like something bigger than the sum of our parts. It's a specific space. It's a specific being, the sacred union itself. And when each of us grows and each of us opens and when I really tap into my joyful, happy space of my radiant feminine heart, because that's where I'm the happiest and where you really land into your most natural, happy place of just this being, the consciousness, being the space that is there with me and that gives me space to shine, then we just empower the union and the union just becomes wise and intelligent and then this intelligence just overtakes our lives and opens us to something that we couldn't have ever discovered by ourselves. It it becomes a tremendous portal into a realization of truth, of a profound platform for landing of love of the greatest love there is yeah so <laughs> i feel that's sort of the component we spoke about the monogamy and the polyamory and stuff here we could say there's actually a third party involved which is god mm. <laughs> mm -hmm. so it's the relationship of you and i but then essentially what we are cultivating here is our relationship with God, where, and then we could say where we are three, but also we are actually just one. We are just one relating with itself. Mm. And indeed, it is magnificent, the energy that is being created by being together and again, being committed, also going through the ups and the downs, which we also experience and cultivating this strength of the relationship is wonderful. And it just keeps getting better at this point. Mm. Yeah, and I feel also a really important piece that we are cultivating is specifically this polarity between the masculine and the feminine in us and the specific clear space that we enter when we are together. Because, yeah, we both have masculine feminine inside of us. I have a previous episode where I explain specifically what that means. But what we found for us, and this also is true for perhaps most of the heterosexual couples, that my most empowered space of meeting you is my feminine. And your most empowered space, how you discovered, is your masculine. My masculine, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel this is really, really fundamental to our relating because... We spend so much time together and we are we have been together pretty much 24-7 since we met or since I moved in a year ago. And in order to cultivate the depth of our relationship and in order to grow together into our realization of God or all that we've spoken about before, I feel we need to be very conscious indeed with how we meet. It's very easy over time to sort of get into this pattern of being like best friends because we do so many things together and we speak about business and we speak about spirituality and about like all kinds of things and <laughs> do so many activities. So it's quite easy to go into this relating as best friends and that's obviously not what we want. So to cultivate the polarity, 
and to cultivate this resting in our happy place, as you've said, we have implemented quite a few things in our relationship and we're continuously growing, actually. And that's where the real the real depth in the relationship is found also because it's showing us the places where we are maybe hiding or where we are behaving from patterns that do not serve this ultimate truth that we are seeking. Because what does it entail? It really entails for you to deeply surrender to me and for me to lead us. And that's fucking scary. <laughs> Mm-hmm. For both of us, mm-hmm. actually. And that's where this growth happens. And it's sometimes in very normal, everyday things, yeah, where I'm sort of taking care of like organizing our household and booking the flights for our holidays and like sort of taking care of just having the overview of this ship that we're sailing on. But also it translates into a very subtle energetic dimension where on an energetic level you are leaning on me and surrendering to my leadership. And this is very subtle and very profound at the same time because we cannot hide. The energy speaks for itself. If I lead from a place that is not deeply grounded and deeply connected to feeling you in my heart, then you feel it and you cannot surrender. And if your energy doesn't surrender, you can try to surrender with your mind. But I feel also when that is happening. So this merging happens then on a very profound level where we are coming together. And that's the the growth that I feel we are experiencing here or one of the growths. Mm, So beautiful how you speak about this. Yeah, so um, it may sound kind of confusing maybe for people who are not familiar with this work. And I would like to make it uh, just a bit more practical because, yeah, like we both have businesses. We both also spend so much time together. And then we have sometimes activities that are not specifically sexual or not about our, like about you being in your masculine, me being in my feminine, but like some places where we really hang out as just best friends and or just really a lot of sweetness and cuddles and just like, yeah, in every relationship, perhaps there are all those aspects, but we've implemented certain things that help us really differentiate the modes in which we meet. And I feel like that's been such a big key and that's also such a huge key for cultivating uh, sexual polarity because what we know generally in relationships that um, slowly but surely the attraction dies off and they just settle into some comfortable place to be. Either they're just like besties at home hanging out in pajamas or they are just both super immersed into their business and they are both in their masculine and just there's no more attraction. So, of course, it happens because of lack of awareness and lack of clear choice what the relationship is actually dedicated to. And so some of the things that we do, would you like to share about that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm happy to. So every day we set designated times to have a date, actually, which is a real game changer for us and a big recommendation also for all the couples out there. This has been such a magic tool for us where 
Actually, it's my responsibility because I'm wanting to take the masculine part in our dynamic to carve out some time for us, to set a structure for us, and to organize this time for us to come together and to really have a date every day. So for us, it's in the mornings, typically, where first we practice, each of us, you do your feminine practice, I do my masculine practice, and then we meet in the mornings for some time that we said, uh, maybe an hour, maybe two hours, and we really come together with a clear intention Uh, with also a dedication of the time together, dedicating it to something beautiful that we feel in the moment. And we really come together strong and wanting to merge in this way with a strong polarity. So that's one big piece. Other big pieces include also how we are conducing our day-to-day where we are trying to move the organization and the leadership of the day, let's call it more to me, so that you can just sort of lean back and surrender into the flow of the day. So I'm organizing what we eat, when we go shopping, what's the structure of the day. And like I mentioned earlier, when we buy flight tickets or rent houses or cars or something like this, that's principally on me to just make sure that there's always a beautiful structure available for us to lean back into and to meet and enjoy each other's presence without you needing to go too much into your masculine. Well, and then we have other activities that we do. Yeah, We love to dance. So dancing is, of course, a good way also to cultivate this meeting where there's also a clear polarity at play. And, of course, sometimes also we just hang out. Yeah, It's not always that we are in this mode uh, that would get, I think, quite serious also. But we also enjoy, like you said, to be sweet sometimes and just to cuddle uh, or hang out. But always with a clear intention. So it's important that we know what we are doing how we are moving and how we are meeting each other so that we uh, can just live the relationship that we desire uh, instead of somehow falling into unconscious patterns. Mm, beautiful. And I also wanted to add about the dance, that it's not any kind of dance, you know, it's not that we just put on music and, and dance like... Uh, I don't know, shaking the booty and all those things. But uh, specifically, like, dance where is a strong polarity, for example, like tango. Yeah, there's a very clear delineation what the man is doing and what the woman is doing. And the man just really looks at where we're going, what we're doing, what's the next step we're taking. And all I have to do, and this is also very complicated actually, but my role as a feminine is just totally trust his leadership and his guidance. And also we spoke earlier about what you do to show up to be with me, but there's also something really important that I do to also show up to be with you and not enter into those games of competition or of manipulating you or of um, trying all my tricks to get what I need. Yeah, like all of those things, they are from those unhealthy patterns, maybe childhood wounds or just unintegrated parts. So I see as a woman and specifically as a woman who wants to be in such a sacred union 
I have a huge responsibility to be so clear in my union, my own inner union. So as we spoke initially, like I had to be so clear on what actually I need in my life and what kind of relationship I want. So it's like my own inner masculine had to make those choices for me. Yeah, it's not that I just kind of came into this container and just it unfolded by itself. No, I had to be super, super clear with myself, with my own heart, how my own heart needed to be held. So that's number one. But then another is that I have to have so much trust in the fact that my feminine is held and then my feminine can blossom. So she is held by my own inner masculine so I know there is a structure inside of me that I am okay no matter what. That's what my inner masculine is telling me. And then from that same place, I can recognize your masculine and your own unshakable presence and that space of pure awareness that you are anchored in. This is your true essence of your masculine nature. So only because I've recognized it inside of me, I can recognize it in you. And then I can allow my feminine heart to blossom and to feel that I don't have to be in this survival mode all the time. I don't have to be worrying even on a subconscious subtle level whether I'm safe or not. I know I'm safe. I know I'm held by myself, first of all. And then from that space, I can allow you to hold me. And this is just so delightful to allow you to hold me and to rest in that embrace that you are offering me to lean into. And when I'm doing that, I just encourage your masculine to shine. And uh, this is just an empowering dance for both of us because I am opening and I'm trusting. And then you have this even greater invitation into your purpose and then you are holding your purpose and you are holding this tremendous presence for yourself and for me and that enables me to open even more mm. so it's like we both are so invested into this dance into this union and like we both are so total in it that's why it works so beautifully Mm, yeah, really beautiful. And indeed, that's what enables us and enables you to open more than you have ever opened mm. and for me to deepen more than I have ever deepened. So that's again what's making it this sacred union. It's really this path of finding home deeper and deeper and deeper and cultivating this together. And yeah, it's it's tremendous. And at the same time, I do also want to say that, of course, it's bringing up challenges sometimes also, because when we cultivate this and you really rely on my presence and sort of surrender your presence a little bit to mine or even a lot to mine, and you open up more than you have ever opened, <laughs> then it's, of course, a tremendous responsibility also for me to hold us both and to be the spine for us both so that we both can be safe. And there's small examples where we've had situations come up where after lovemaking we went to a supermarket, for example, and we were still completely in this dance and you were so deeply surrendered and I was being present for both of us. 
But then I got a bit shaky because I looked at something like some prize or something, or I had a call coming up, or I don't know exactly anymore what it was. But something shook me a little bit. And so I lost my presence in the supermarket for a moment and got into being nervous. And you felt it immediately. And you were, you felt like abandoned in that moment. And then we had to navigate this, mm. this trigger, for example. Mm -hmm. So these things also come up. And every time it comes up, it's an invitation for both of us to deepen. So mm. that's really the beauty and the alchemy also that is possible in this meeting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is really real. Yeah, it's not we're just on some kind of cloud and we're, you know, barely touching the, the earth as we walk. <laughs> it's, it's really real stuff and it takes daily practice and tremendous commitment. And for me, when such things happen... My uh, great responsibility and a great uh, challenge is to be so honest with myself and with my feelings and to trust my heart and to see that when my heart closes, even a little bit, like in this example, yeah, in the supermarket, then there can be this like wounded response where I just close off and I'm and I'm feeling this abandonment and I'm like oh my god he's not there and then I my response would be to close off and to become very quiet and just to kind of turn on into myself but instead more and more I am choosing and succeeding in being able to express immediately to really allow the voice of my heart to be heard by me and also know that I am worthy to express it. And not only for me and for the sake of me and uh, my own feminine expression, but also for you. Because when I do, when I express my emotion freely, then it also reminds you of your purpose, of, mm. of your presence, of your depth. Yeah, it's like when you have a volcano erupting in front of you, you cannot not be conscious, sort of. Like you really need to be, you need to be there and I need to be there. So it's bringing me back into what is really real for me, which is being conscious, being present to the moment. Mm. So sometimes in the moment, of course, it feels difficult and of course stuff comes up for me sometimes also and all these things but yeah it is such a beautiful force of nature to meet in this way mm, yeah yeah it's not that we come to some kind of crystallized state and we stay there forever no the dance continues and we keep deepening and we keep discovering ourselves to a greater degree with each other and also the union constantly expands and blossoms and reveals its depth and uh, i know that there's so so much still to be revealed mm. Mm. amen <laughs> okay so so far what have we touched on so we touched on how we met And we touched on different relationship models, uh, speaking about the way that we relate in a committed monogamous relationship versus open models and what we perceive the advantages and disadvantages and why we choose to relate in the way that we do. We spoke about what it means to be in a conscious, quote unquote, relationship, like what that means, what does it mean to be conscious 
and what it takes also what's the inner attitude to meet here and to find each other in that space we spoke about god <laughs> and we spoke about also for me just sharing my experience of being with a powerful woman and what it takes so we spoke even more about god actually <laughs> <laughs> And then also about cultivating polarity and also the practices that we are implementing into our daily life. Uh, and uh, this beautiful dance, uh, the sacred union itself. So feels like um, probably a good place to wrap it up for now. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So thank you so much for being with us. If you loved this episode, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you have any questions, welcome to send them in and uh, I will address them in the next Ask Sophia episode. Or for sure, I will definitely invite you again to be my beautiful guest here. <laughs> beautiful, yeah. It's been really a joy to be here. And indeed, I feel there's so many more things that we could speak about and we've only touched on some of them. Not quite in the full depth that we could go. So let's see, always happy to be here and to sit with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more to come. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs>